Another Noodleberg Daily Huddle. I don't know if LinkedIn is prepared for us, but we're prepared. We're here. We're ready to rock and roll. Good morning, gentlemen. It is Thursday. I don't know about you, but I am having like the most like I can't I can't keep track of what day it is. Like it just <laughs> for all the days. I had this conversation with somebody yesterday, and it was hey like, comments were yeah, comments are coming in from LinkedIn. Apparently, it's working. Good morning, John Fair, brother. Good to see you here this morning. Good morning, Jamie Tribble. Good morning, you know whole crew. Time out. Time out. You know, we, we always talk about the all-name team, right? So my brother. Yeah, John Bear, brother. It's like, it's great, man. It's, uh, it's always, whenever I see that, I go, he's my brother. It's cool. So, um, but this idea, I had a conversation with, with one of our clients yesterday about, you know, it's a day. The way I program the day, they're all program they're all you know this is what we do so really doesn't matter if it's a monday and like for people who in their heads go oh it's monday that means you know i'm slow to get going and i'm you know showing up and throwing up and doing you know that's just who decided that that was monday and friday is like you know thank god it's friday who decided all that shit <laughs> well, I think the human nature of people decided that they were going to ease their way out of the weekend and then ease their way into the weekend, which made Mondays and Fridays very particular days. But I remember when we would start camp in August, forget about days of the week. You had a certain number of practices. You had 24 practices before you got to game one. And you didn't give a shit what day it was. You didn't care what the weather was outside. What practice number are we on? Based on that practice number, what are we trying to get done today? And then are we on track with that as we worked our way through camp? It was Groundhog's Day beyond Groundhog's Day. But I love you know, that grind mindset when it's all that mattered. Shut the lights off. Everything else goes away. We're going away to camp and we're here for 24 practices was, you know, it was a great experience. I, I read something recently by our friend James Clear, um, who I'm super jacked. I'm actually going to get to meet in Dallas um, wow. through the True Network. So some cool shit happening there. But he wrote something and he did the, the average of like when you become an adult to what the average lifespan is and you'll have 25,000 mornings you know, in, in your life. And so, you know, it's like, what are you doing with your mornings? Man? It was like the headline was rip, rip, rip right in, man. So the, I first time, the first time I ever met Andy Hill, he whipped out like this Excel Google spreadsheet that had a tracking date to when he thought he was going to die. And he was like, look, I've averaged out how much time I have left. So I'm very particular about where I spend my time. I was like, oh, my God. I mean, if someone says that to me, I'm like, this guy's got his shit together. Yeah. Andy Hill does. So, uh, you know, yeah. So, so some great focus on the days for me, some of the days are better than others. 
when there's like a fastball of content. Yeah. That just you mark it on your calendars forever from here on out. February 17th is the layup of layups when it comes to content because we've got Michael Jordan's birthday today. We've got Les Brown's birthday today. So we do it every year, which is fun because it's like you figure out either a new video to show of Michael and a new spin of it. So we're going to be talking all things mindset and how to master your mindset and what the things are to master in order to be as great as Michael was. But before we can do any of that, We've got to get to some wake up music. Got to. yesterday's topic, this innovation, and all the things that once weren't, that all of a sudden were. Look at us yesterday. There were no comments. And all of a sudden, we're like, you know, uh, Louis C.K. going, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, we are broadcasting live with a flip of a button. You know, that that was why I said, like, forget about online banking. To me, Video is the definitely the number three innovation behind Wi-Fi and the smartphone because of what it allows us to do. And speaking of yesterday's content, I want to give a big round of applause to the huddle. I'm not saying we've made it because we moved the needle yesterday, but we still didn't get everybody who's here live. So another nudge to everybody here that's here live, all it takes is you scanning that QR code giving a little bit of what you got to the American Heart Association, giving of yourself for others. And if you're not going to give and donate, then go ahead and reach out to Shay, grab this graphic, share it through your social media. I saw that Jeremy Turris shared it last night, which much appreciated and tagged us in the post. So uh, let's go. Let's keep that momentum going as we head into the final two weeks of the month. I know Bob Goldfarb is going to uh, be doing it. He's totally jacked up and always is about supporting um, not only the huddle, but supporting great causes. And so this is one of those perfect examples of if you don't do it, nobody's really going to know. Right. They not blasting it. You'll know. Oh, it's such a like a, such a tee up for the next video and content. So let's go and let's celebrate Michael Jordan's birthday with this two minute video of talking about mindset. Then we're going to talk, come back and talk about how to be a master. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way. Break. You know, basketball is my love, always have been, and it's, I can't ever, you know, envision an ending of something like that. You know, that passion that I have for the game until I'm dead and gone. <laughs> until that's when it's, well, I can wait. I'm not in a rush. What's triumph mean? What do you associate with triumph? Winning. 
all the time, winning. Three, that's enough, isn't it? Enough for you. <laughs> enough for you. No, it's never enough. It's oh, okay. never enough as, as long as you compete. You know, it's always great to win. That's why you compete. Okay. And I think, uh, you know, we're going to certainly try to do this for the fourth time. You know, but right now, the third time was, was a lot of damn work. You know what I mean? You're hungry or you're full yet? No, you feel yourself getting full because each time that you win, it takes away a little bit of that hunger, you know, which um, you know, is, is a challenge within itself. You know, it's a battle within the, 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 your mind to find a challenge to go to that same place that you've been five times before, you know, and that's hard, you know. Um, you know, when people say, well, the first one was the hardest, no, the last one's the hardest because you're battling with yourself. If I can really elaborate on why I said myself more so than Absolutely. another athlete is that because a lot of times I had to battle with myself to keep challenging myself. You know, that to me was why I would say the you know, biggest battle was, was myself because when you get to a certain pinnacle, you got to find some ways to keep going out there for 82 games. So crazy. You don't have to be super talented to be the reason Michael Jordan was the best to ever do it is because of exactly what he said. I just kept finding ways to challenge myself. First one wasn't the hardest. The last one was the hardest because the competition became me, not the other people, not the, the champion that was already there. I was the competition from then on out. So, you know, when you listen to him, there's so many words and so many phrases that, he, you know, you can take away. But when he talks about it, it's damn work. And there's no sugarcoating it. There's no way you're not going to get to a place where the work stops. And I think that's an illusion that people have is that the higher up the ladder you get, oh, I'm going to get to a place where it's, it's easier it gets. Right? <laughs> right. Oh, oh, you know, I've had people say to me, like, wow, dude, this is like your third or fourth act and you're doing it again. And I say to them, I've never had more fun because living what I tell people, other people to do is so it, you know, joyous. The word joy comes to me. It's not about the wins and losses. I don't love losing. Nobody does. You know, there's our... <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you look at athletes like that who competed at the highest levels, success leaves clues. So he's left the roadmap for everybody in whatever profession to just bring it all the time. Um, it just so, reminds me when he's being interviewed when we were at uh, the place here in Palm Beach and we yeah. saw him sitting there. When we got to see him sitting there with Ahmad Rashad, which was super cool. But I, I think that's the, the difference is – he wasn't focused on being the greatest to ever do it. He wasn't focused on being something 10 years down the road. It was that daily acceptance of the challenge of I got to do better than I did yesterday. And you talked about James Clear. That is the 1% better mentality is I don't it doesn't really matter what happened yesterday or how many championships we've won. The competition is right here in front of me. And am I willing to do what's necessary to do what it takes in order to be better than I was yesterday? Am I willing to send another video? Am I willing to go a little bit deeper in research? Like I relate that to my life and it used to be football. Now it's not football. Now it's business. But 
How do I go a little bit deeper? How do I deliver a little bit more to a coaching client? Give them a little more of what they're asking for. Give them another resource. How do I get better in my role today and better than I was yesterday? So when you look at the body of work that he put together, it was cut in ninth grade. Okay. So he didn't let somebody else determine his, what he, his capacity. He said, okay, what do I got to do to get better? Then he reaches the pinnacle of basketball and says, I want to play baseball. You know, what did that represent way out of his comfort zone doing things that he could possibly fail and basically did. He was not that great. Now compared to you and me, he was a great baseball player, but he put himself in a position, um, you know, the idea of he challenged himself, right, like he got out of his comfort zone. Right, exactly, it didn't matter. Like, and, and and he was, I would say, he embodied that radical mindset of I don't care what the goal is, I'm willing to do what's necessary to try to do it. Forget about it. He ended up becoming really successful at basketball, not really successful at baseball, but that didn't stop the way he attacked the game. He didn't go to baseball and go, oh, well, I'm Michael Jordan. I'm just going to hang out. He hit batting practice every day. He was the first one in, the last one out. He rode the buses to the away games. He did what was necessary in order to find success. And guess what? He didn't really find it, right? He, he, didn't, he didn't find the greatest of all time. But did he play the game? And did he play the game well enough to compete? You're damn right he did. And for that, that's, that's what you get when you put it all in. He's one of those people that made everybody better because of the standard he created for himself, which is just mind blowing that that's the culture. That's a cultural thing. When you're around people like that, you and I drive the shit out of each other. I mean, yeah. What people don't know is we get on 15 minutes before the huddle. We have our own little huddle and we're talking about shit and you know, people laugh about how competitive we are. Make no mistake. <laughs> we are competitive, you know? I mean, it's it's how you drive. And so when he set the bar that high, and I've said this to every CEO, the rest of the people have to either get there or it's self-polices. They don't belong. Correct. They're the outlier, not, you know, so it's, you know, those are the culture. He said that. He goes, this is the way I play the game. You either play it that way or you don't. You make that decision, but this is the way we're going to play it here. And I think there's a lot of leaders in organizations that have a really hard time holding that standard and, and not accepting the person who doesn't necessarily make the bar, which you shared that article about what great work is. Great work isn't about results. Yeah. Right? There were plenty of guys on that on those Chicago teams that weren't high producers but you better believe their plus minus in minutes was always a plus and when it came to what they were willing to do and how they were willing to play the game and i talked about that yesterday in my post how they played the game is what mattered on the bulls not what they were doing not what play they were running it wasn't about what they were doing it was about how they were going about playing the game of basketball and that was what the standard was for Jordan, which is what he what he held himself to and everybody else. And one of those guys was Steve Kerr, who Correct. didn't have all the stats, didn't have all the glory, but had a game-winning shot that Michael said, you take that shot, I'll get open, you'll get it, you know, boom, I'll draw everybody. So when you hear and see all that stuff, that's where you raise the bar. And, you know, he's such a great example 
um, that, that, you know, look at the people that emulated him. You know, there's still that debate of LeBron or him being the best ever. I, I don't even think it's a conversation. Sorry, yes. Michael Jordan, you know, but Kobe is in that dialogue. And Kobe said, I wanted to be like Mike. You know? So what I think that Michael Jordan was the greatest at of all time, except for maybe Tom Brady, maybe their 1A, 1B was the mindset mastering the mindset of what it took to be phenomenal. And we've talked about the mindset before in our trainings, and we've identified the seven things that should go into your mindset in order to be a master. We've talked about psychotic motivation, radical candor, total transparency, extreme ownership, insatiable curiosity, relentless self-discipline and respect, and heartfelt giving and charity. That's a mindset. That's a way your mind, um, you know, really filters your thoughts and then creates your actions. He embodied all of those things in the sports world, in the world of basketball, and that created the success that he had. So when I, you know, that first of all, kudos to Jake for finding that. That is a nugget from when I first started speaking, and I put in together- our mindset module on GOTV. Like. <laughs> And I basically put that out there because if you have stinky thinking, direct don't care, I don't care what behaviors you're gonna do, you gotta get your mind right, right. which is you know, cool and Luke, you know, what we have here, you know, is that you know, so so when I put all those things, and then it's interesting because for me, I didn't really put them in an order. For me, I think the number one thing that made me better than average was the insatiable curiosity piece. Sure. I just wanted to know, to know, not to sell more or I just wanted to know, you know, so everything for me, I looked at successful people and said, Hey, how'd you do that? You know, what yeah. are you doing? You know, that's where I got all of these nuggets. You know, like I was fortunate to meet Tony Robbins early because of Dan Lear. Okay. I asked him a question, hey, dude, what's up with the, the morning routine thing? Right. He'd rattle off shit and I would go, well, that one doesn't work. This one does. Boom. Make it your own. And so when you're around greatness, you know it. And if you're insatiably curious, you just got to ask, hey, what, what's up with that? Why'd you do that? Or how do you do this? You know, and, and a key component to that is be is that is that, you know, transparency and, you know, total transparency is is being willing to say, look, here's who I am. Here's what I'm about up front. This is how it works. This is how it works. I want to know more. If you're going to act like you're the smartest guy in the room and you already know the things that those people have to offer, it's impossible for you to be insatiably curious and actually get what you want. But you listen to Mike. Mike was very transparent about, look, basketball was my love, was my passion. Here's what I expected and how I expected to play the game. Here's how hard this was. He wasn't making it sound like it was all roses. He wasn't hiding any of the difficulties that come along with it. He put it out there. He was transparent about what happened. And that led people to him and allowed people to follow him because there was no mistake about what it was about. So I love Leslie, you know, less his transparency about when he was not operating at an optimal place. He bought the course, invested in this new feeding himself. And that stuff's been part of my career. You know, people think, oh, wow, you have it easy. You're already this guy. I wasn't always this guy and I still work my ass off every day. It doesn't feel like work because I put it in a process. But if you're the smartest person in the room, 
right? And you can't be asking other people questions. You're in the wrong room. You know, it's just that simple. So what we've decided here is to just share, but I get a lot of my stuff from reading and asking and just, you know, devouring videos. There is such an unbelievable library. You talked about YouTube the other day. Every single morning, there's a compilation that somebody took the time to put together that has a little bit of Oprah, a little bit of Gary Vee, a little bit of Tony, a little bit of, you know, whoever, bang. And, you know, if you ingest that stuff, it's rocket fuel. Boom, let's go. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So speaking of video, there was a video from Sean McVay that came out about his team and how they train. And he talked about the difference, the difference between capabilities and capacity. And he talked about, look, you could train your team to do a certain thing at a certain time and do it a certain way and make them robotic, but that's not what's going to lead to success. The success comes from the capacity, which is the, the capacity for them to have the tools, have the mindset, understand how to think in order to problem solve for themselves. That's the difference. That's why I, I, we could train people all day long on how to use LinkedIn, how to use video. If we're not able to affect the mindset and give them the capacity to understand how to apply the tools and problem solve for themselves, they're never going to be able to do it them, but for themselves. They're always going to need the help. They're always going to need the assistance. And so training for the capacity and helping people with the capacity is what you need. And the capacity is the mindset that all starts in between the ears before you ever get to the actions. And make no mistake, part of the work is learning it. You know? Yeah, no, it's, it's the discomfort of getting it. Right? Like, he learned the game, man. He learned what he needed to do. Someone said, you're slow to the left, man. That motherfucker just went left all the time. You know, can dunk with the left hand, you know. So you see those examples and you understand that your personal challenge is looking in the mirror, which we talked about last week and saying, how can I get better? What do right. I need to learn? What are the tools and how do I get good at them? Yep. You know? To understand there's 800 million people on LinkedIn and only 3 million are using it with content, right. adding content to it. It's like, you want to know why we're successful on it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you don't even have to be better than everybody. You just have to be doing it. Like my address. <laughs> well, we, didn't even get, we didn't even get to Les Brown today. So happy birthday to Les Brown, another man who is just full of motivation and great mindset tips and great actionable philosophies that you're able to apply to your life. We're not going to get to it. I'm just going to give you one quick Les Brown story. So I got to work on the same stage with him. We're in the green room. We're sitting there talking. And he's all about his story of people told him he was dyslexic and mentally retarded and you know grew yeah. up in you know right here in, in Miami. Boom, he becomes this great speaker. And he goes everybody's stuck in who they used to be. And he looks at me straight in the face and he goes, used to be's don't make no honey. <laughs> I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you say things matters too. You know what I mean? It's about the words and how you say them. Less like used to be's, man. Because, you know, and, and true to the truest part of that story is when I left the cell phone business, I thought my shit didn't stink. And that's what I used to do. Nobody right. gives a shit what you used to do. What are you, what are you doing, doing right now? What are you doing? Out? 
The first one isn't the hardest one. The last one is the hardest one. Challenge yourself. Make yourself the competition. Cheryl Woods and the Fort Lauderdale YMCA, you're on deck. I'm on my way to see you guys right now. Can't wait to get the tour and get around there. Have a fantastic Thursday. Let's get down to business. Please don't worry about me. I'm about to let my heart speak. Friends keep telling me to leave this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more.